0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hey yes! today on the show we're going to be breaking down the Giants and Eagles game from Thursday night. We're going to be talking about the ridiculousness of Saquon Barkley, who's to blame for what's going on with the Giants offense, the impact of the return of Olivier Vernon, and the Giants' other defensive struggles. So let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Big Blue View podcast, brought to you by SB Nation and Vox Media. I am Dan Pizzuta. I am joined here by Chris Flum, and we are going to unfortunately talk about the Thursday night football game between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, where the Giants lost 34-13, to did not look particularly good at... Anything? Literally any point in the game? Yeah. So yeah, I think that about sums it up. Uh thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> that's good, right? We can stop there.
0: Uh you know, we probably should. Although you know, maybe in, maybe should we should go back and re-record and say instead of the New York Giants, the New York Saquons. Because that's basically what we saw. Yeah, that was that was it. That was
1: the only hope in this game was saquon barkley um so i mean and he had he had 13 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown nine receptions on 12 targets for 99 yards he was it and i I think we've kind of talked about how how barkley has gotten some volume he's got some highlight plays you know he still only had 40 percent success rate rushing but there were huge plays, and when those huge plays are the only things that the Giants had, I mean that they really
0: stand out. They, they really, really do. And it it was kind of, I don't know. I suppose funny to listen after the game and hear announcers and analysts compare him to, you know, Jerome Bettis and barry sanders and jamal charles and all of these guys and that's because he is their entire offense and he is amazing but my god it's sad that that's that's all there is to look forward to anymore when the giants have the football it's just what will saquon do next
1: yeah and again that was he was still super boomer bust in this game. He had 229 yards from scrimmage, and 151 of those came on three plays.
0: So that's that's been the Saquon Barkley experience so far. That's not him. That's that's this. Well, I suppose we can call it an offensive line. That that's the position they all play, and they just don't let him get any room to run with any kind of consistency i I have to give will hernandez credit for on that from when he pulled over on that one big run and just crushed the eagles defense on that side great block from sterling shepherd and then barkley was off to the races
1: yeah hernandez had had the real key pull there to open that first barkley run
0: but it does give you some some hope for what he could do maybe on a more regular basis if they ever get the offensive line figured out in future years
1: sure and that's i think that's the conversation right now because we're we're going to try not to go into a full state of the giants uh we we're going to try to do that early in the week next week because uh for some reason these giants are playing again in primetime on monday night so the preview podcast next week is going to be pushed back again. So, I think in the beginning of the week we're going to come with a full kind of breakdown state of the Giants podcast. So, we're going to try to to stick to this game for now. But <laughs> but I I think with the offensive line and Barkley, that's that's the conversation that has to be had because anyone who was against taking Barkley second overall, they weren't against Barkley. No one said Saquon Barkley is going to be bad. They said Saquon Barkley is not going to be put in a position where he's going to have the impact needed to help the team win games with the rest of the roster like it is. And I don't know how you can think anything other than that watching the Giants right now. Saquon Barkley is fun as hell to watch. Watching him him break those three crazy runs, one was a screen pass, it's the most fun you can have watching the Giants right now but in the overall state of the offense it just it's not as helpful as it should be and again Barkley had a big game but this was only his second game with positive expected points added as a rusher it's part of a bigger conversation he was great in this game he was the only thing that was working in this game but i mean that's that's part of the problem
0: yeah and we'll get more into that when we start looking at the state of the giants as a whole so why don't we move on yeah so uh,
1: Um, so, unfortunately
0: we have to talk about odell again
1: yeah that was that was another thing that kind of an extension of the game that wasn't really the game and if you watch the fox broadcast and you watch joe buck and troy aikman it just kind of seemed like all game they were going after beckham and
0: beckham drama sells even if even if there isn't any drama to be had they will drum some up
1: Sure, and some of the things, yeah, he can be criticized for. I mean, this is the second game he left the half early. They've said both times he's needed an IV, you know, whether the extent of that is true or not. I mean, whatever, sure, if he's just leaving the field, whatever, but like, I, I also don't think like we can't ignore the best this offense has looked was last week when Beckham got 14 targets. He was thrown at down the field early thrown it down the field often and and like he's he's not wrong on things that he's said but he again wasn't really used well in this game you know he had 10 targets a lot of those came in the second half when this game was just completely out of hand already yes they, they probably receptions. should have
0: been mercy ruled
1: <laughs> yeah and you sent over the the next gen stats route chart to me And if you can go and look at the route Beckham was targeted on, three Uh, of them came further than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. So many of them are are little outs and and slants and and wide receiver screens, which are the least Um, efficient route a wide receiver can run.
0: As we speak now, I don't know that it's up yet, but that is included on the weekly post-game stats and snap counts post. So... People can go on and take a look at that and see it. My first reaction to that when I actually went and looked at it was um, barf. It was just ugly. That is not how you're supposed to use Odell Beckham. And my second reaction was, okay, there's plenty of criticism to be had for Eli Manning and the way he played, but when Beckham is running basically three- and five-yard routes, Schirmer can scream about getting the ball downfield all he wants. If his best player is staying at the line of scrimmage, or his best receiver anyway, that's the way that offense was was schemed and designed. That's not Eli not deciding to throw to Beckham down the field. That's Beckham not being schemed to run down the field.
1: That's definitely a point that, that should be made. I No one... Man, I wrote this article after like week two. Uh, The headline was no one is blameless uh, for the Giants' struggles. Um, The subheading was except Odell, but maybe we can (laughs) throw that. Maybe there is truly no one right now. When you look at this game, especially, and then look back at at past games the second something starts to go wrong the whole entire offense crumbles it's back to short passes it's back to you know not scheming anything downfield back to not throwing anything downfield and then you know when Shermer comes out at these press conferences and said well we we had some calls and they were playing a defense and they were playing a soft zone and that kind of stopped us like man that's that's kind of your job though like, that's yeah. that was the point of you being the offensive coach they hired was to not just be stopped by a soft zone. Like, that That should not be impeding an offensive head coach in 2018 from doing what you want to do on offense. And if not you can't do all. that, then, like, what would you say you'd do here?
0: <laughs> it, it's so bad we are going to reference this.
1: Yeah, we can, we can talk about, I mean, Odell, we can talk about Schirmer. I mean, we have to talk about Eli from the second play from scrimmage in this game. I, I don't know what Eli is thinking. Throwing the ball to Scott Simonson. Uh, Next Gen Stats had this at 0.53 yards of separation. And that's that's not the type of hole you want to try to be hitting like four yards down the field. The linebacker made an easy break to it and popped it up. Like, you can say that was a deflected interception, but yeah, it was deflected by a defender who was easily able to charge in and break it up. That That's especially a pass on second and two. That's just yeah. that's a ball that cannot be thrown.
0: No. And just uh, all of those short passes. You know, I was looking at it. Manning's intended air yards, 5.8. His completed air yards was 2.4 and his average pass was 3.4 yards short of the sticks. I mean, how do you... I, I, I'm not even sure how we go from him throwing 10 yards down the field to five yards down the field in five days.
1: Right, yeah, it's it's, it's a question that needs to be answered, but that probably... Will never be. Probably won't be, yeah. So. I mean, you can you can blame the offensive line, and and a lot of people are going to do that. But Wait. as as much as we talk about the Giants and and the people who are listening to us now follow the Giants and how much is talked about the Giants offensive line, there are worse offensive lines in the league. There um, are.
0: This wasn't even their worst performance,
1: right? So there were uh, heading into this week, there were still. Five offensive lines that have given up pressure at a higher rate than the Giants. And not all of those offenses are completely useless when when pressure comes. We talk about Seattle all the time with Russell Wilson. Uh, Josh Rosen already is seeing pressure on like 44% of his dropbacks. And, you know, Arizona hasn't been great, but he's still been able to do some things houston is also a schemed mess but you have deshaun watson who can you know make some things happen and he throws downfield yeah. all the time it, it it all goes together and and in this game i mean the giants the giants were under pressure eli got hit 13 times that's something you never want your quarterback to no. do but like also that's that shouldn't be something that completely derails the offense
0: from the second play
1: <laughs> yeah from the second play and they're playing behind and, and there's there's ways to to scheme around it yeah go uh, again go empty let they, Barkley what be what? in the slot That's just it, yeah that's that'll freeze up some of the pass rush you know you can do things run play action more you don't have to have a good run game to have play action no uh, and
0: they can they can even look at their own tape and see this Eli was under more pressure against Houston you know As good as Fletcher Cox was, he didn't have a game anything like J.J. Watt had, and Eli was still averaging, what, almost 10 yards a pass, and they were moving the ball down the field, granted, not like they did against Carolina, but they were at least completing the passes five yards or more.
1: You can can talk about how the offensive line rushes some of the passes, but... Overall, the, the passes just weren't good. So, I, I think we've talked about this stat before, but Next Gen Stats has expected completion percentage, which uh, they have all the tracking data of players on the field. So, it takes into account where defenders are in relation to the quarterback, where the ball is thrown on the field, where defenders are in relation to the wide receiver. And then it comes up with how often you can expect that pass to be completed. On Thursday night, Eli had an expected completion percentage of 67.5. His actual completion percentage was 55.8. So that's an 11.7% difference. That is awful.
0: It really Regardless is.
1: Regardless of the offensive line, he's throwing these passes that are expected to be completed at that rate, and, and they're not. If we look at a full season right now, Eli was minus 11.7 uh, for this season— The two worst quarterbacks were Tyrod Taylor is minus 13.2. Blaine Gabbert, minus 16.7. Josh Allen right now is minus 8.3. So if you were picturing that in your head, Eli's expected completion percentage was somewhere around Josh Allen and the 2018 version of Tyrod Taylor, which is not the quarterback duo you want to be mimicking in any game.
0: No, that's... uh, There really isn't much more we can say about the offense, other than from just about every way we look at it, except for Saquon putting on his cape and being amazing. It was just bad.
1: I think what we can take away here is, is Saquon Barkley is really good. We know that, but when your offensive philosophy is, hey, rookie, please go make a play, please. Like, we really need it. That, that's not sustainable. Uh, they need to start getting Barkley into more situations where he can more easily make a play. They ran that screen for him, and that might have been maybe like the second or third screen like that they ran for him all year. They just need to be more creative to use what they have. We've heard all offseason, all regular season, about the playmakers they have, but they're not putting them in position to win, and you can't just blame an offensive line and a quarterback for not being able to take care of that. Those are problems. Both of those problems need to be fixed, but there's problems that stretch further than that, and and we saw that against the Eagles. It It wasn't until, like...
0: It was just before the half when they launched that deep ball to Cody Latimer.
1: Yes, that was actually the pass I wanted to talk about. I had a feeling. Yeah, it it wasn't until like when they were already down 24 to 6 when they realized, hey, we should throw deep against Jalen Mills because that's what every other team has been doing so far against the Eagles. They didn't do that until they were already down by like three scores. Even when the Jones was lost for the game uh, in the first half. They didn't even come out in, in 11 personnel to, to exploit whoever the nickel cornerback was who came in. They yep. just wanted to keep running the ball. I just there's a lot of problems going on here. Um, and, and we'll talk about what they mean for the future of the Giants uh, in a later episode, but they really showed uh, against the Eagles. it was a lot of things that are just you know stupid errors that they shouldn't be things that, de- at, that are derailing the offense right now. No and they, they are. There are ways this can be fixed. I'm not saying this is going to be a top 10 offense the way it's constructed, but it doesn't have to look
0: like this. It, it The Giants don't have to be the new Browns. They shouldn't be the new Browns.
1: And no, and and right now the, the Browns have a significantly better offense than the Giants do. Well, that's uh, because
0: they've got... Uh, Baker Mayfield, who is just amazing at football.
1: Oh, right, you, yeah. I, and who can
0: will a team to victory through sheer force of his own personality and greatness.
1: Yeah, well, the the two the, of us who had... The
0: obvious and clear QB1. Right, yeah,
1: well, the, the, t- the two of us who had us. Mayfield as, as QB1, uh, the two of us talking about Baker is kind of preaching to our own little okay. choir here. But both of us were big fans of him coming okay. out. Yeah, I don't even know where we go. Yeah, so that's that's all we can say about the offense. Let's yeah. go over to the defense, which was also bad. Yes. Um I, had one bright spot. Yeah. What, Maybe two. Hmm.
0: I don't know where your second one would be. Uh but the one I, bright spot I, I was I like the way BJ Goodson played. Okay. I like watching him play and come downhill. He hasn't gotten a whole lot of opportunity to do that. They've really Ray uh, Ray Armstrong has been the second inside linebacker the depending on the package, the money backer. and his snaps have come at the expense of b j. Goodson. and I like watching Goodson play,
1: yeah. I, I guess if yeah, if we <laughs> want to take another silver lining, I'm not totally sure if I'm as there on goodson as, as you are, but. I think the one objectively good thing uh, we can talk about on this defense was the return of Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon. Especially in the first half, he was in the backfields like almost every play.
0: He, um, would, It's been a while since we could say this, but he, Jason Peters was getting abused, and we haven't been able to say that since, I don't know, before Jason Pierre-Paul blew up his hand.
1: Peters was apparently nursing an injury coming into the game, Uh, He got re injured during the game. That allowed Vernon to later go against Vitae, which is not
0: a good uh, matchup uh, for the Eagles. That's not
1: a matchup the Eagles wanted to have before this game. But yeah, Vernon, Vernon was doing some things. He had that pressure on the play that eventually became a touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. I don't, I, he I don't even know got a hand about. on Wentz. Yeah, he did. I, I don't know how Wentz completed that ball. He rolled out to his right, threw back across his body to the middle of the field. So next-gen stats, when we talk about expected completion percentage, that pass is expected to be completed just 18.2% <laughs> of the time. So that was already the 12th least likely completion in the league Uh-oh. this season. It's a little behind Eli's throw to... <laughs> to odell for the 33 yard touchdown last week Um, but still there's just an insane throw and play from wentz there but yeah i think the secret to that one
0: was uh alshon jeffrey recognizing the scramble basically immediately and getting a fair amount of separation i i he had some more latitude to adjust to the ball than if he was actually properly covered
1: We don't have the all 22 of that yet, but but he was on the left side of the field running his route. And uh, when he saw Wentz scrambling over to his right, he took off toward that side and he was just basically in the middle of the end zone when Wentz was able to throw the pass to him. I mean, that's something you just, you know, can't defend. And again, that's, that's a pass that's not expected to be completed at a very high rate. But it was, but then again there were also quite a few passes that were expected to be completed and were against this Giants defense. I think one one part we can look at is man, they picked on Eli Apple a lot. He had really good charting metrics through the first two games, but again that was I was always a little weary of those because they came against Dante Moncrief and the collection of Dallas Cowboys receivers, <laughs> which not a very valuable collection. Um, And that's coming from someone who does really like Alan Hearns as a player. But yeah, so he had those two games and he was really good in those two games, but wasn't tested much. And man, they really went after him in this game. They were going against him, you know, short passes going in front of him. Nelson Aguilar had that third down where it was another scramble drill, but he just... You know, had one little false step that completely fooled Apple, and then he was able to go and ended up being a 58-yard gain on a third and three.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so they're uh, concerning things all across this defense right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I do have to give credit to the Eagles and how they use their tight ends and their 12th personnel package. Stacking their tight ends, moving them around, let splitting them out wide, and... Really scheming them open and scheming them into mismatches. So, credit where credits due there. But yeah,
1: that's that's something we talked about in in the preview episode yes. of how they use their two tight ends and their touchdown to Zach Ertz was that they came out originally in like a full house. Look, they had three players in the backfield. They motioned to a more traditional look with just one wide right receiver out to the right. But Zach Ertz was the most outside person on the left of the formation, and he was still in line. But that set him up against Janoris Jenkins, and he, you know, ran a route. And Ertz is so good at setting someone up for a double move, and he did that to Jenkins, who has been susceptible to that in his career. And he was wide open on that, so that just so many good play designs from uh from the Eagles in this game and yeah a lot of it went to the tight ends
0: yeah so credit records do there but oh so much not good on the rest of the defense
1: there was you know talk about effort and you you don't want to do that while really like not knowing what's going on but and the Eagles were just they were having their way, especially in the second half, When, when even when things were really in hand. The Eagles never really took their foot off the gas, and they were 6 of 9 on third downs in the second half. You can't have that. I, I think no. we, we talked about, again, in, in other episodes, how the Giants had been really good on third down on offense and defense, but had struggled on first and second down but how the first and second down is more predictive for future games, and we definitely saw that in this game. Giants struggled on third down both sides of the ball.
0: They actually did convert a couple third downs on offense, so at least there's that. They haven't gone three weeks without converting a third down. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I, well, even those third downs were were late, so they still only went 4 of 14.
0: Yeah, um, it's...
1: Well, let's not talk about the offense anymore we're we're on the now at, at
0: least not until it's, next week
1: <laughs> it's still the...
0: our state of the uh, until we get into the state of the giants because then we'll have to and we will have opinions they will likely be strong
1: yeah but still on, on the defensive side of the ball it's weird so Agawar had three receptions for 91 yards but like none of those were like supposed to happen so i think a big <laughs> a potential missed turning point here was early in the game, uh, Kareem Martin got in, got a hand on Wentz, and the ball just kind of floated up. And Landon Collins was covering Zach Ertz, kind of came back to the ball, but because he was changing direction, couldn't really charge the ball. So he was just sitting there waiting for this interception to fall in his hands. And Aguilar just jumped in front of him, caught the ball, and and gained 32 yards on a third and seven.
0: It it yeah uh, that that, it, that could like have been the, an
1: interception. That was
0: it should have been an interception. Yeah, that it, was
1: from the Philly seventeen. So the Giants could have had it in the red zone, maybe right outside the red zone, depending on you know where Collins caught it. The, that could have completely flipped the game, but Aguilar just kind of came out of nowhere and yeah. caught the ball and kept running. The Eagles didn't it, score it, on that drive but they still punted closer to midfield than than it would have been. Even if that pass had fallen incomplete, they would have been punting from inside their own 20. And, you know, worst case scenario for the Eagles, they would have turned it over and the Giants could have had the ball right around the 20. And, you know, the game was in within one score at that time, but the Giants punted on the next drive and then the Eagles scored the touchdown and it was just kind of out of hand from there.
0: Yeah, and... That, that play in particular was frustrating because it looked like the Giants were, if I remember right, they, Landon Collins was the closest one, but there were two other defenders in the area and they were all playing it like it was a punt return. You know, like, it, it almost looked like they didn't believe that the Eagles would be allowed to hit them or make a play on the ball.
1: Yeah, that was with with Collins. That was my initial reaction. But then I I went back and watched the play last night. He he was out covering Ertz, and when the ball just kind of went up in a very unexpected way, he was kind of changing direction. So he wasn't really able to charge in. Yeah, I I thought he should have, but but after watching it again. He really just didn't physics wise have the yeah. ability to do that, and so that's that's what left the opening there for for Aguilar. and that, that could have been a real game big changer play in the game. Yeah, it could have been a game changer, and the Giants were were definitely getting pressure early, and yeah, they got some pressure late, but the Eagles were the Eagles were always one step ahead, and that's something you see from an offense that knows what it's doing. They were able to get around it. They had plays that kind of used the Giants pressure against them. They had routes that were able to get open downfield and the Giants just kind of just kind of let them do it.
0: Yeah, that's well, there's just not much more to say. There were basically two bright spots in Barkley and Vernon. Two not bad things in Cody Latimer getting deep and actually being used for what he is best at and myself personally i do i did like the way bj goodson played and then other than that yeah i know Uh, i went to bed disgusted eventually
1: eventually went to bed these these night games are kind of a killer especially when we're both writing immediately afterward yeah uh, but also at the same time I'm, I'm glad the writing happened afterward and this podcast uh, did not because <laughs> that, I know, that, that probably have been... would have been would have been something
0: it, it probably would have been a l- maybe a bit more entertaining for our listeners but again i i'm saving that myself and letting it ferment until Monday or Tuesday whenever we do that do the state of the Giants
1: we'll definitely do that i'd i I don't think there's really anywhere else to go in this game. It's really just an embarrassing showing all the way around there's there's really yeah. no other place to put it uh this team is well, one in five now really no hope for for really nope. anything at least this season.
0: good news we've got some good college football games um <laughs>
1: And yeah, guys, uh, start, bands start, can watching, watch, start watching some bands college can watch. football and, yeah. uh, uh, I, and getting yourself acquainted with, with some of those players.
0: Yeah, and this week, you can watch it without having to worry about what's going to ha- go wrong on Sunday because this time we got the bad news first.
1: Yeah, everyone, enjoy your Sunday. Have a nice day just watching Red Zone all day. Allow yourself to just, just sit down, watch watch all the other games, watch fun football. Um <laughs> that's that's i'm excited for that yeah everyone enj- enjoy your sunday you can also enjoy your sunday next week even though you're not gonna be able to do that on on monday night so i yeah we're gonna we're gonna leave it there uh, thank you guys for listening you can subscribe to this podcast if you haven't literally anywhere you find podcasts apple google stitcher all those places please rate and review if you can that that would be great We've you know maybe Five stars uh, if if you like us. Even if you don't, maybe do that too. So yeah. we, uh, because of the weird week, because this was a Thursday game and the Giants will play again till next Monday. Um, Ten days. Yeah. So so we'll have some time. We'll be back uh, early in the week to kind of do a, a state of the Giants breakdown. Then we'll be back, I guess, later in that week to to preview the Monday night game against the Falcons and. Yeah, that's it. So uh, thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech,